unmute your mic. It does that after the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. We're back at you. Uh, welcome to Solitude, a podcast for women ages 40 and older, hosted by Anne Calcutt and Shelly Roy. As life coaches, we believe that thoughts create your sense of self and enrich well-being. Stay tuned for tips and stories on how to thrive after divorce, career changes, difficult relationships, and transitions. Our goal is to help you live authentically through mindset practices. And today's focus is on tears and crying, which I'm sure all of you can relate to. So, Anne, you want to start us off today? Yes. Welcome, everyone. Crying, something that we all do, something we all talk about, and something that women tend to feel pressured about and tend to feel guilty about. So I want to pose a question for you, all of the listeners. Um, When is the last time you cried and why? Because today we're going to talk about crying as a coping mechanism and how it can be used for good And we want to give you some tips on how to ensure that you feel the feelings that um, are causing you to cry and how you can prevent getting bogged down in that feeling and continuing to just cry over and over and over. So Shelly and I each have um, a story, more than one, but especially one story each that we want to share with you all today about crying. But first, let's talk about um, what it means to feel your feelings. It's a very popular catchphrase in the coaching world today. Um, You read about it and hear about it all the time. So what does it really mean to feel your feelings? We are constantly going around saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm fill in the blank. And a lot of those um, feelings cause us to cry. So um, what, what causes that and can you name the feeling? So I have three steps that I think are important um, when you're, just drenched in a feeling and and you want to cry. And step one is identify your feeling, actually name it. So are you overwhelmed? Are you angry? Are you frightened or scared? Identify that, name it, say it, even say it out loud. I am anxious. And then step two is the actual feeling of that feeling. A lot of times we want to repress and not feel the feeling and run from it and escape the feeling inside. And so step two is really what we want to focus on today is feeling the feeling. And if you feel that 
crying is what you want to do in the moment, how to do that in a way that it can serve you. So I want to bounce it back over to you, Shelly, with what I've said. Um, with step one, identifying the feeling, naming it, and then step two, feeling that feeling. And then we'll get into the, the crying part and then we'll, we'll end with step three. Sorry, I added myself and then I took myself out. <laughs> um, I'm going to back up even a little bit more, um, I think, about um, identification, I think, is is I'm right there with you. When I think of crying, I sort of, and you asked this question, I think, to begin with, what, where is this coming from, right? What's what I don't, as you know, like the word cause, uh, but where is it coming from? And to me, where it's coming from is always a mismatch between something that I want right now and something that I don't think I'm getting right now. And, and when that happens, my body has a way to manage that. And that in particular, when it, when it manifests as tears, it's because I've built up chemicals in my system, typically in the center part of my brain. And my body has very limited ways to release chemicals. Um, they're all fluids. So sweating, peeing, pooping, <laughs> saliva in my mouth, and probably more common for a lot of us is the tears, right? So you asked at the beginning the question, when was the last time you cried? Which great question. And then the other the piece is to sort of start to examine that, which I think is what you're talking about when you say identify. And my identification is always about um, identifying in terms of, I don't know why, I don't like talking when you can't see me. Um, <laughs> identifying in terms of identifying where the mismatch is. What is it that I want right now that I don't feel like I'm getting? Um, and then labeling that. I, I, I try, I think probably maybe your third step is heading where I'm sort of thinking right now. And that is this idea of what we talk about sometimes called what you and I have talked about the balcony view or stepping out of it or observing being the observer of it rather than being it, um, right. which I'm guessing is where you're going with step three. So I, I sort of try to, to do that in a little different way. So my path is sort of the same, a little different. I identify what I identify very often is what do I want right now that I'm not getting? The tears are a manifestation of releasing of chemicals and really fascinating to me, uh, which I have in my book about creating well-being, different tears have different chemicals. So if I'm crying from sadness, my chemicals in my tears are different than if I'm crying tears of joy, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? Or anxiety and there are different chemicals, so which is a great way for us to recognize so I think that's one piece of it. And, and you talked about feeling the feeling. And for me, that is sort of the idea of that recognition. Oh, this is my body letting go of chemicals. And and so that that's what this is about. I'm releasing chemicals. I could be doing it in some other way. <laughs> I especially think about that when I have young girls that come to me, you know, that are frustrated or whatever, or, or older women. And I just I can't keep myself from crying. And my number one piece of advice is don't. 
Don't stop yourself from crying, right? Because you just build the chemicals up. You know, that's the feeling, the feeling part. But the second thing is to recognize I could be releasing these chemicals in another way that might really not serve me. Like I could be, you know, urinating on the floor, so to speak, or I could be sweating everywhere or spitting or a lot of other things that might be a lot less sort of the image I want to show to people. So that's sort of a little twist on what you're saying. So I would agree sort of I identify. It's to me more identifying because you know me, I'm really a head person. I'm identifying what I want right now that I'm not getting. And that also leads me probably closer to what you're going to talk about in step three gets me closer to that because it's already starting to get me not doing it. But the number one thing I totally agree with you when we say feel the feeling, don't shut, try to shut the tears off. Right. That that is not going to serve you. Phyllis Diller, my favorite, one of my favorite comedians said, set a timer and go as long as you want. So do you want to tell your story first or do you want me to tell mine? You can tell yours, but before that, I just want to remind everyone that our feelings come from our thoughts. So what we're feeling at the moment is not what we have to feel forever. So we create our thoughts, which in turn create our feelings. So if our thought is, I'm sad, everyone's going to be sad at one point or another, but you don't have to be sad forever. And that's one thing that is difficult for women who are going through separation and or divorce or experiencing a great loss, um, death of a loved one or a child going away to college or whatever it may be. Our thoughts create our feelings. And when you learn that and accept that and then take it to the next level and begin to learn how to be in, uh, I don't want to say control, but (laughs) being able to shift and change your thoughts to ones that serve you, then you're able to better feel your feelings and cry if you want to cry because you know that it is a release of chemicals and it is going to help you, but you also have boundaries. You know, okay, I'm going to cry. This is, this is how I'm going to let this play out. And I'm not going to still be crying seven weeks from now um, over this this same, same issue. Yes. You may still be sad over the same issue, um, but it's all about learning to change your thoughts change your mindset to something that better serves you no matter what your circumstances are. So we do want to share some um, stories with you where crying definitely helped us and how we learned to deal with that. Because the last thing um, a woman wants or needs when she is just in it, in the in its infancy or in the worst part of a separation or divorce is for someone to say, stop crying or crying's not going to help you or you're crying all the time and it's not doing you any good. You, you do need to release those chemicals 
and, notice I'm saying and, not but, and you can learn to set boundaries for yourself so that you're not crying all the time. So share your story about how you learned to cry and set some boundaries so you, you felt better. Yeah. I'm playing with the, trying to figure out how to get us back and forth. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was thinking about sort of what you said. I think it's, it's um, Rumi's thing is about treat, treat every emotion as if it's a friend coming to tea, right? And so I think that's sort of what we're saying here. So I'll talk a little bit. I think this happens in any major life change, career change, empty nest, um, divorce, any, any sort of area like that. Um, and my story would be when I was first going through my divorce, one of the things that I recognized um, because I already had some mindset skills um, is that this is a way to release. And if I try to shut it off, the chemicals are going to get built up and so I needed to find a way to let it go. So one day I found myself in the parking lot of a very large uh, discount store and I said to myself, I am going to just sit in the corner of this parking lot and sit in the back seat of my car and I'm going to cry as long and as hard as I want to and then when I'm ready to leave, I'm going to leave. And I think that sounds like not setting a boundary but what I'm going to tell you is it's very hard if you're not trying to shut it off to continue to cry for more than five to 10 minutes. It just, our body cannot manage it. So it's when we try to shut it off that we rebuild the chemicals and then our chemicals need to be released again. And sometimes we're making it worse rather than better. So I really went to the corner of a parking lot in my car, in the back seat, and said, Shelly, what's happening right now, you Many people, most people in this situation would be crying. So go ahead and cry just as much as you want. And then we're going to be done with it for the rest of the day. And so that's exactly what I did. And I probably lasted maybe eight minutes. And then I was like, oh, this is interesting. I don't feel like crying anymore. So. And have you been able to do that after all these years from that? from the time that happened. Yeah, I'm like we talked in the last podcast, I'm a very much of a, a sort of a time-bound person in some ways. Um, you know, like I said, my dentist strategy is how long is this gonna take? <laughs> and then I can manage just about anything. So I think since that time, any time that I've had sort of the sensation of crying, I I don't even think I can go eight minutes. I, I just, it's maybe three, if that, I mean, just, just a recognition to say, okay, I'm going to let myself do this because I know it's not going to last and I'm not going to try and stop myself. And so since that time, and the more I've done that, the less I've had to do that, which is interesting to me because I just recognize much more quickly, this is where I'm heading and, you know, and, and use some other, you know, mindset tricks to, or, or thoughts, whatever, to, to shift it. But there have been a few times, like even today, um, you know, you and I know that I've been talking about trying to figure out if I'm going to retire or whatever. And after sort of looking at the numbers and everything this morning, there was a point when I was walking around at work and I was like, oh, I could just feel myself, you know. 
starting to go there and I thought, okay, Shelly, what is it that you really want? Not just right now, but long-term. And the minute I had that thought, I didn't need to do it, right? Just the, just the recognition. Yeah, just that recognition. It's right. okay. Just in this moment, this is your thought. This isn't helping you. Can I shift it long-term? So how about you, Anne? Well, I always, my favorite, uh, favorite is just the word I'm using. Um, my most memorable, with a better description, crying story is when I was, um, I had been separated just a, a few weeks, maybe six weeks. And I was teaching preschool and it was, they were long, grueling days. I had 10 little two-year-olds. I had a fabulous class, but it was very physically and mentally exhausting. I had two wonderful um, teacher assistants, the best I've ever had in 30 years in education. And we were a very close team. And I just, I could not stop crying at school. And, and I didn't want to cry in front of my little ones because two-year-olds, they want to know why you're crying because they want to make it better. They want to fix you. And we were out on the playground one day and I was in my little zone of the playground with my group and my assistants were in the other you know, zones with, and I, I could not control it. And I just started crying and I thought this, this is not, this is not good for me. This is not good for my children. And, um, my assistant who was older, who, who is older, she, um, she saw me, she saw me struggling and she got the attention of my other assistant and they put all the children together and that older assistant took me by the arm and she got me away out of the sight of the children. And she, she firmly grabbed me by my shoulders and she pushed me up against the wall of our building right outside our classroom. And she said, you cry it out, but right now I want you to stop. She said, I know you can do this. I know you and I know you can get through this. She said, but right now I want you to stop and then we're going to get these children in and then you go somewhere by yourself and you cry it out. She said, it. do you know why I know you can do this? And I was crying, no, I don't know why. And she said, because I know you and I know you're strong enough and because I've been through it, I've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then she hugged me and it was the tightest hug. I, I remember it so vividly. And so I tried my tears and I wiped my face and we finished the time on the playground and, you know, I went through my day. And then when I got home, I finished my crying episode and I told myself, okay, no more, no more crying at school. I'm going, if, if I feel I have to release, I'm going to do it in the morning before I leave my apartment. I can do it when I get in my car after work. If I can't wait until I get home, I can cry in the car. And that's that's what I did because back then, even though I was going through therapy and even though I knew breathing techniques, I didn't know coaching. I didn't know mindset work. I wasn't using any of the breathing techniques. I was panicking all the time. 
So fast forward to you know a few years ago when I started using and learning about breathing techniques and different calming strategies that worked for me, I use those all the time because as you know, Shelly, I can cry, you know, just I seeing a cat on the side of the road. You know, if I think that cat doesn't have the right home, I can tear up or yeah, I can cry over anything. I'm very emotional. That has gotten a lot better um, with how I set boundaries for myself. So two weeks ago, I had a very stressful few days and I wanted to cry, but couldn't. So I made it through to a day uh, when I could be by myself, I could go to one of my happy places or sacred spaces, which we like to talk about. And I told myself when I left early that morning, okay, you are feeling angry and upset. You know why. I named it. I knew why. And I told myself, you're going to feel these feelings today. And when you drive back home, it's over. You're going to get all these feelings out today. This is the boundary I'm setting. So that entire day, I was in my car. I was running errands. I you know, went and got some coffee at one of my favorite coffee places. But I got all my tears out. I did my breathing exercises. I you know, did my hand over my heart, patting, and telling myself that I was okay. I did... I thought download while I was at the coffee shop. I mean, I did all the things, but I got all the tears out. And when I walked in my house, eight hours later, crying was over. Did it help that I cried? Absolutely. Did it help that I set boundaries? Absolutely. Because if I had not identified my feeling, really felt my feeling, set boundaries, and step three is shifting your thought to something to a thought that serves you better. Had I not done that, I could have been angry and upset that entire week. And how would that have served me? It wouldn't have served me. So my, my message is in this short amount of time during this podcast is crying is healthy. Crying is okay. And learn to set boundaries for yourself when it comes to crime. I don't like to see when women continue to have the same thoughts over and over, knowing that those thoughts do not serve them, not shifting their thoughts and not doing mindset work that will allow them to move forward and then just being ending up presenting themselves as bitter um, from, from a feeling that they are in control of. Because you can't control your circumstances 100% of the time. And you know, my focus is on helping women who are um, going through a divorce or who are divorced. And you, you can't, you're not in 100% control of those circumstances, but you are in control of your own thoughts. In fact, that's the only thing you are in control of is what thoughts you choose every day. So learning to shift those thoughts really creates 
um, different feelings that serve you better. So number one is identifying the feeling, naming the feeling. Number two is feeling the feeling. And not everybody cries, but crying is the most, um, one of the most popular. Um, I think it's also, I think crying is also one that a lot of people struggle with, right? Yes. In terms of, um, especially women, because we're often labeled that we're using tears to get what we want, right? I mean, there's a lot of negative cultural stuff around tears and and humiliation. A lot of people feel humiliated or feel shamed or whatever. So I think it's often one that women deal with um, not necessarily more often than men, but it's one that culturally we have a lot of, even men, I mean, we tell little boys, little big boys don't cry right i mean we just you know yes i know yeah so feeling your feelings is number two and number three is shifting your thought to to a thought that serves you better which in turn changes your feeling yeah it's it's i always describe it there's sort of we have this old analogy to four wheels on a car right and we want a four-wheel drive car and the four wheels on the car is one physiology, which is the, the accumulation of the chemicals in this case and whatever, or the, or the um, you know, the impetus for the tears, right, on some level. And then the other, one of the other wheels on the car, so you have physiology, the other one is feelings, which we, you talk about very clearly, right? I'm more of a head person, but it's still there. And then the other two wheels are um, thinking and doing right and so those all work sort of coordinate together and i can tell the sun has shifted here in south (laughs) in miami um they all work together so if i change any one of those typically i can change all the rest automatically shift so once in a while even the um a faster way sometimes to shift my thoughts and i know both of us have done this is go to for a walk right you know do something physical yeah um as, as part of that, because that's another way to sort of change it. So I put the steps at the bottom here, identify, feel it. And I think both of us talked about with boundaries, right? We need to set a boundary around that because otherwise we get the broken record of the thought, you know, over and over like the old LPs that would skip. And, yeah. and we, we can't like sort of staying there forever isn't helpful to us nor to anyone around us. Um, so setting the boundary, be that a timer or the day or the for how long or you know I'm going to give myself permission for now and and move on and then shifting my thinking and and I think we both have very different ways that we shift our thinking um you know mine is often okay what's this really about and another one of mine is just like I did today okay this is the short term right now in this moment but long term are you heading where you want to go long-term, you know, and one of the questions I often ask clients and I often ask myself is, could it be worse? And the minute I ask that question, almost always, I immediately shift what's happening. Right. Because I have worked with folks like you have worked with folks that have had lives that are much more complex than either you or I have had. And so 
I can literally pull up images of individuals and stories from individuals of how yeah. it could be worse, <laughs> right? Absolutely. So that's one of the thoughts that sometimes serves me well is, okay, could this be worse? And my answer, yes, almost always is yes. And what, what would be worse? And that often will get me out of it. So any parting thoughts here, Anne, or anything you want to add? Um, no, I, I, I know we've talked about this, but um, finding your sacred space or a sacred place or multiple sacred places that help you feel your feelings. I'm pretty sure we'll do a podcast on that really soon. Um, the power in those sacred places is, um, is life-changing. And there are many times when I'm, I'm feeling, I'm wanting, wanting to feel a feeling and, and the tears won't come and I want them to. So um, one trick that I have, um, I have like three, three songs that I can hear at any given time. Those three songs can make me cry. I, I know it without a doubt. So I will play one of those songs the tears come, the chemicals are released, I feel better, and then I shift my thought to one that serves me better. And if I can, I, I go and spend some time in one of my sacred places. So with all of that, I hope that our listeners have, have gleaned um, some helpful tips on um, how to deal with crying. It, it is not something that I want women or men to feel guilty about. It is, it is something that is natural. It is something that can be used um, for good. And it's something that you can learn to deal with in times of, of need when you know that the tears are not serving you at the time you can create changes where the crying can help you. Yeah. So I hope that's what we have shared today and make sure that you follow us on Instagram and uh, we'd love to hear some comments. You can watch this episode on our Facebooks, um, YouTube. Spotify or YouTube. We'd love to hear some comments and interact with with our listeners and let us know how um, you deal with crying and what has worked for you, what hasn't worked for you uh, as we build this community for women over 40. So um, until next time, we wish each and every one of you a wonderful rest of the week. And if you feel the tears coming, let them flow, but set your boundaries. I keep thinking because my son is changing here, I wanna sing the Gloria song Coming out of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here in Hopefully next time my, uh, my ring light will get better and it won't be in the dark. So, yeah, and I'd love, maybe next time would be a great time to talk about what we mean by sacred places. And I'll just end with a question I like to start with sometimes. What's around you right now that's serving you, you know, in terms of your environment? So one of the things I think we both did is I grabbed water. And in fact, I have water I have from my lake house in Wisconsin that's well watered. That's my favorite. I hoard it um, in a blue glass because blue 
energy is very healthy. And the other thing I did today, which I don't normally do, is I lit incense, which is what I usually do when I do my meditation class on Sunday morning because I knew I needed to separate from work today to the podcast today. So those are a couple of things in my environment right now that are serving me. How about you, Anne? I know you had water. I have my water. I have a clove candle burning, which is delightful. And um, earlier today, I went walking. I went for a three-mile walk on a nature trail. And um, here in eastern North Carolina, we're having a, a bout of very cold weather after we had 70 degrees last week. So this morning we had frost. Um, it hasn't gotten up to 50 today, so it's very cold. And tomorrow it's going to be 77 and beautiful for the rest of the week. <laughs> so um, I'm looking out um, at, at our beautiful pasture. Yeah, <laughs> out right this minute. Hey, Norman. Any of, them, any of them right now, but um, it's cold. But I know it's going to be really warm tomorrow and I'll be back in my short sleeves. <laughs> and I, I'm the opposite. This morning I got up and it was 64 degrees here in southern Miami, which is unheard of. And I was like, yes, I can walk <laughs> in that sweat like crazy. All right. Well, we hope you join us. And like Ann said, watch us, comment. We'd love to hear what you'd like to hear more about. Um, we're here to serve you. That's part of our mission, both of us. And hope you enjoyed the show today. And we look forward to seeing you again. Any other parting thoughts, Anne? No, take care, everybody, and we'll see you in a week. Yep. Bye. Bye.